Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies, so far as ladies still exist. <laughs> we can't be sure uh, what will happen in the next week, uh, where we talk about Star Trek, which certainly will exist, I yes. feel like. If only we learn lessons from Star Trek. <laughs> I am your host, the very devastated Kareen, joined as ever by somehow remaining optimism Kim. Hello. And just generally disgusted, Ari. Mm. Mm. Speaking of disgust, we are here to talk about <laughs> Season 3, Episode 1, Pick Your Jaw Off the Floor, Kim, I Have My Feelings, I Have My Reasons, the episode, the infamous episode, I think we can agree. Yeah, although I yeah. it's a very different kind of disgust hmm. than the other existential disgust that we've been feeling since Tuesday. frankly shocked at this, that you guys were not delighted by this episode. Okay, the episode is... I don't think my disgust is quite as strong as Kareem's, though. The episode is Spock's Brain, or <laughs> This Is Your Brain on Spock. <laughs> Spock's Brain! Thus far, the only episode of Star Trek that I have fallen asleep watching. Are you kidding me? The best part is, I have no idea how long she was asleep. Spock's Brain! I'm pretty sure I missed nothing. I dozed off at some point when they went into the underground facility where it turns out Spock is the computer, the computer is Spock, and frankly, he seemed happier there, <laughs> surrounded by bimbos, and <laughs> I feel like I missed not a single thing. This is, like, opposite day again, where I... It is. I How was, appropriate, given <laughs> this week. I No, I was, frankly, at least the first half of this, completely delighted with the episode. Are you Great. for real. It's an episode about Spock. Of course he's delighted. Yeah, but he's not even there. Somebody says the line, we are in pursuit of the <laughs> ship that has stolen <laughs> Spock's brain. And the actor who says it looks <laughs> dead inside. Uh, every, I'm sorry, every time somebody on this show says Spock's brain, I start giggling madly. <laughs> Doesn't take much. But where is Spock's brain? We have to find Spock's brain. It's so in his 2008 autobiography, Shatner joked that the plot of the episode is a tribute to NBC executives who had slashed the show's budget and placed the show in an undesirable time slot. So this pretty much marks the beginning of the end for Star Trek. The second end. The second end. Definitely the end of the end of live action Star Trek. Mm. Um, and, you know, appropriately enough, they started it with a plot that is so ludicrous, so dumb that they even lost me. <laughs> this is also the last episode directed by uh, Mark Daniels, mm. a Star Trek favorite. And I hate to say this, he did some of his best work here on the worst episode. Shit was bananas in this it episode. Was. It was Not bananas enough. <laughs> it was like, what's the tiny mini bananas? Are they plantains? Plantains. Yeah, this was a plantain of an episode. <laughs> Like, if you want to go bananas, go the full bunch. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. And add in another na-na-na. <laughs> because, because if you're going to do that, like, go the whole fruit salad. Don't kind of go, oh yeah, well, his brain is missing. Everyone looked just like they saw the end of the career, like they were mentally composing their resumes. I'm sorry, I just, every time somebody said Spock's brain, I giggled. <laughs> every time! Is that the entire basis of your enjoyment of this episode? Because I feel like it is. And if so, you should be excused from this podcast for lack of critical faculties. In retrospect, I'm actually kind of comparing this to the 
I think it was season four episode of Legend of Korra, where they were told that they had not the budget to complete however many episodes they had planned for the series. So instead of letting go of animators, they just made a clips episode. Deliberately, obviously, a clips episode that every couple of minutes screened, this is a clips episode. Don't you want to know why? Okay. It's just a big fuck you to the network. Okay, but here's the deal. At one point, you'd be sitting around the writer's room and you're like, oh, and then they steal Spock's brain. Oh, yes, let's show them. And then that idea should die in the writer's room or like, but seriously, moving on to the real work. But this is Star Trek, Kareen. They never do that. They always take the shitty idea that they have and turn it into an actual episode. I'm sorry. Do you not remember that we just had the U.S. Constitution in space? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that was... Family-sized fruit salad. This is not enough. His brain gets kidnapped by bimbos. Who matrix matrix style. Come on! Download information through a hair curler. What is wrong with this description? How? Do you not see my enjoyment of this episode from this description? I have a... Space bimbos steal Spock's brain. Fine. I'll grant you that. I have a really big question that I don't know was answered when I was asleep. How do these people reproduce? I believe that was the pleasure part of the pain and pleasure that the space cavemen on the surface were afraid of. The ladies, the la-na-na-na-na-na-na's, they didn't know what sex was, for sure. Those ladies are not competent to take care of children. I'm a... I think they're all 10,000... Are they not all 10,000 years old? No, are they really old? No, no. We just... I assumed that the pleasure part of the pain and pleasure equation was they put the hair curler on, they got the knowledge to go and, like, acquire some materials from the surface. (laughs) Come back down. Acquires the materials. Oh my god. Put it in put it in some kind of like, you know, gestation machine that was run by whatever brain was managing the complex and then just leave it for eighteen years. Wait, before they had Spock, did they have another brain in there? Yes. That's why they had to steal Spock's brain. Whose brain was it? They never say. It was around for ten thousand years and then it gave up. I assume it was the first brain. It got tired of being the smartest person in the room. I mean that brain can only brain for so long, Corrine. That's true. Apparently, one can have no brain and yet continue to be for at least eight hours. Well, Vulcan can anyway. 24. 24. Give him a whole day. (laughs) Give or take. Give him a whole day before you give up. (laughs) So I I think, quite honestly, that's the part that made me the angriest. You're being very strangely specific about this. I am. I'm like, fine, you stole his brain. You scooped it out like a lemon. Like, okay. Or no, more like a melon. But they did it delicately and they left all of the nerve endings perfectly ready to reattach the brain. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) That is not how anything works. No, it's not. And that's not. The heart and the lungs and the blood, they are all controlled by the brain. In in a human. Kareem, at the end of this episode... Bones finished performing brain surgery on Spock, and Leonard Nimoy sits up with a perfectly coiffed head of hair. Yep, no, no big deal. That was where my other problem was. <laughs> you I was dying with laughter. I was laughing so hard. Are you joking? <laughs> I remember this episode. The first time I watched original series was on... I was probably in my early 20s, because... Ari was at 
She was at animation school, I think. Uh-huh. And so I would text her during... The, and I was only working part-time. So I would sit at home and I would watch TV shows and I would text her during the day. Excuse me. I would text her from the computer during the day. So I would go and sit down and type little messages to her on because you used to be able to do it online if you didn't have a cell phone. She or, didn't have a cell phone. It was I think like it was the important 2004. No, it wasn't even 2004. It was like 2001. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. And I very, very clearly remember texting Ari... We're following the ship that stole Spock's brain with just sure. like all caps, exclamation points, because it was the, f- it was, this is one of the clearest <laughs> episodes that I remember the most because I actually enjoyed it a lot. There is a part where they're in the medical area and it's when we finally get the revelation this is hard for me to say Spock's brain it's gone and Shatner has to say where has it gone it's gone and there's a part where William Shatner has to be like well we have to go find Spock's brain and then he kind of looks at a distance somewhere where his career is slowly sinking into a tar pit, slowly spins on his heel, and walks out of the room. And that's why this episode is gold. <laughs> and it's not just someone stole Spock's brain, it's someone stole Spock's brain! No, it doesn't matter where you put the emphasis <laughs> And God knows he put it in every possible place throughout this episode. Spock's brain! Spock's brain! I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm anxious to get to the first important scene in this episode because they're sort of... You what know, No, no! Scene. Even I will attain it. There is no important and nothing scene. Nothing is important. Scene, which is where they're following the ship and all of a sudden all the lights go out. There, there's no. this little spherical ship. That it's a probe. It's a probe, whatever. Except there is a person aboard, and they can detect a person aboard. No, and before it has- that, before that, before that. Back this all up. We're giving this credit where credit is fucking due. They're on red alert, like, danger, danger. Yeah. Like, there's a light blaring. We they- get, I'm sorry, we get, like, five minutes yes. of the side of um, Sulu's, like, yes. Sulu's head yes. with the red alert blaring. Yeah. And yeah. we just hold there, and we're yeah. just We're very there. worried about this for some reason. There's and also- you just sit there for, like, all, it's not quite five minutes, but it's, like, at least 30 seconds, and I'm like, can we move on from this yeah. shot, please? <laughs> There's also a dedicated screen um, on top that is flashing condition alert, alert that is just flashing. And it's also bright red. Yeah. Everyone is as chill as fuck. <laughs> and there, this scene was one of the, this is one of the ones that jumped out at me, um, with, in terms of like the way they filmed it. Because yes! it's just long shots of Very. people just looking concerned. They look, they're looking, they are, in my notes, people just staring heroically. Yes! yes. Into the and middle I, distance. I, I think, I'm going to give Mark Daniels credit because I like him as a director. And I liked this because the, they were long establishing lingering shots of all of our main characters. So we haven't seen them over the break. And we're getting reacquainted. Oh. Like, this is Kirk. He is heroic. This is Sulu. Sulu is alert. This is Spock. Spock is curious. This is Chekhov. This is Scotty, who has apparently lost like a million pounds and has the weirdest rockabilly haircut I have ever Thank you. seen. I actually have in my notes here. What's up with Scotty's hair? <laughs> uh, Scotty's hair is up with Scotty's hair. It is like 
Ba- like, it's a pompadour. It's a pompadour. It's a pomp. And did he get tan over the summer? He got it looks like, like it, yeah. mahoganied over he, the like, summer. He went to Riza, shacked up with some lady who fed him nicely and made him go for long walks on the beach, and came back looking fit. He was, uh, he looked good, but I was, I don't, like, I don't want him to look attractive. No! <laughs> it made me feel things that I was uncomfortable he feeling. Was, <laughs> he was, it was... How bronze he was was distracting me. The bronze face and the pompadoured hair was, like, extremely distracting. Oh, my God. You know, like, in those movies where there's some, like, oaken gentleman smoking cigars in the background who you might have to, like, seduce with your lady bits to get a certain amount of information (laughs) for the Cold War? Yes. Yes. That's. Yes. 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 And he's got, like, a glass of scotch and he's swilling it around while puffing on his cigar going... What are you going to give me for a pretty lady? Yeah, that's basically what he looked and like. And now yeah. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Also, while we're on the topic of the changes that have happened over the summer. Yes. What was up with Shatter's body? <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> he did not seem to bend or move in a natural fashion. I assume it's his new, like, girl. And he was very, his corset. very straight up and down. Yeah. And pretty, pretty sure. very tall. Pretty sure it was his corset. Or maybe he got, you know, like, lady lessons over the summer about how, you know, posture. Yeah. Posture and deportment. He was not bending at all. I have a theory. I think he worked out too hard, and now then it hurt. I am going to His respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> His pecs were amazing. His pecs were made. Well, they would stand out if he was wearing a corset. His pecs play. were made in a lab. <laughs> I am Or in the costuming department. I'm fully on board with corset. Yeah. Because it's yeah. the only thing I can think of. It was actually really distracting when he was like walking around the bridge. And I'm like, you are so upright and straight. And like the lines of your outfit are like very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, there's a reason for that. I don't want to body shame William Shatter in any way, but he is for sure wearing a corset. Something is going on. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, this episode is so good. We're like 35 <laughs> seconds into it and it's so good. So they're looking after, they're looking at this probe. Everyone is looking at it hard and apparently it has something called iron, pro- iron ion propulsion, propul- which is hilarious because they treat it like it's this incredibly advanced, like super futuristic thing. They've been using iron propulsion in satellites and shit since the late 50s. So it's not even, it wasn't even new then. Certainly isn't new now. It is weird because Scotty gets strangely aroused when yeah. they <laughs> Yeah, he keeps getting all He's excited like, oh, about yeah, it. yeah, that ion propulsion. I'm like, Wah. No, thank you. <laughs> and so there's something inside. Side of this probe. What's the definition of a probe? A probe doesn't usually have a person in it. Yeah, I so thought that was a ship. Point. It's a ship. It's a little tiny spherical ship. It's a little ship. I thought it was like a little. Nope. You know, it's, it's, it's weird looking, so it kind of looks like a probe, but they do very clearly say it's Excuse a ship. Excuse this thunderous typing as I go to look up the definition of a probe. <laughs> <laughs> One which is a blunt ended surgical instrument used for exploring a wound or part of the body. Probes generally don't have people in Oh, wait. An unmanned exploratory spacecraft designed to transmit information about its environment. Kim, what did I just say? You just said. Yeah. It was not a probe because it had a person in it yeah. and it wasn't designed to transmit information. I wasn't listening to you. And they know that there's a person in there. Um, it's a humanoid. And, but it's not answering the radio calls. So obviously three seconds later, he or she is on the bridge. 
I want Kim to talk about the outfits. Oh, oh my god! god. Kim, take it away. Oh. Take it away. The outfit is delightful because first, all you really get is that she's sort of wearing like a dress with two different colored fabrics on it. But the more you see the outfit, <laughs> the more is revealed. Because at first, it just looks like she's kind of wearing like a wraparound skirt with like a cross boob over the shoulder halter thing. At which you're like... Fine. Fine. And then you get a good view of the back. And you realize the cross boob halter thing is not actually attached to the rest of the dress. And it kind of hooks around the arms and, like, straps. And the dress has got, like, a skirt thing. And it's got, like, this giant triangle that is up her back and being supported in some fashion. (laughs) And then you pull out further. Talk about the boots! Talk about the boots! I'm getting there! To discover that she is wearing thigh-high purple boots... Then you spin around to her front and it gets even more crazy because the boots have got the front section extending up the dress. And that is when I realized that the cross boob straps are attached to the boots. (laughs) And every woman in this civilization wears the exact same thing in a slightly different color. Yeah. And it was amazing. It is amazing. Question. Work your way up the yes. garment. That would you, be the sense. You probably thing. put the boots. So it goes all the way. What so happens in the middle? I Is there a cross? Okay, this? so my my assumption, and based on the you know when one of them falls on the floor, and you can kind of get a little bit of a view of her dress. <laughs> because always classic Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, my my thing for how you would get into them is one boot at a time, then you would pull up the front body strap-on cross-boob thing that hooks behind your shoulders, shoulders, and then you would tie on the wraparound skirt portion. That is what I assumed, yeah. Because I was, like, mentally trying to redesign this as we were watching the episode. I'm like, okay, but how would the... And then where... Yeah, the only thing I can think, though, is that the straps that must go up and attach would be so uncomfortable. Well, it depends. Well, you're tied into your boots. (laughs) Yes! Like, those boots are not going anywhere. It's boots, boots to boobs. (laughs) Is that progression? I don't know. I would love... They don't don't get dressed head to toe, they get dressed boots to boobs. (laughs) I would love to talk to their, like, civilization's uniform designer. I would like to talk to the costume designer yes, and always one of those actresses about the logistics. Yeah. I really okay, like are the boots the boots are attached to the boobs. The boots are attached to the boobs. That's the only explanation there's absolutely one hundred percent the only explanation for how this outfit works. And those boots go up to like they are up to thigh. the top of the thighs. Yeah. Like before they sort of narrow down into sort of like a garter strap. Yeah, like thing. they come up to a good two or three inches over the knee and then they narrow in just in the front to like garters that go up the front of the dress and are very clearly the the boob cross straps. So, so not only do they come up, at some point they do like a crossover. I actually so think... So you were attached to opposite opposite leg to opposite boob. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure because you, there was no like weird puckering or anything in the middle, there's probably another section under the skirt because otherwise the boob parts wouldn't have sat as flat as they did. There's got to be something in the middle. There's got to be something There's in the middle, yeah. So, just because the way the fabric this, was lying. And we is, had a lot of examples to look at. Yes. yes. This is one of the most fascinating pieces of costume. <laughs> Agreed. It is amazing. Show. Agreed. To paraphrase, go, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, boots are not pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. I, 
We could spend years talking about this, but I feel like we have to move on. Yeah. So she shows up. Everyone is like, huh. Do they call a security guard? Hell no. Well, I mean, in fairness, yes, they actually do. They do, actually. Do they they yes. call security, but about... Oh, wait. I need to, like, scroll down. <laughs> but, but a second and a half after she appears, I think they're in the middle of calling security when she presses a button on her, like, pain bracelet or whatever. She's, they all have these, these weird little gauntlet-y control things. Yeah. And yeah. everybody passes out. There's the wah! Yeah. She bumps the Star Trek noise of alien she, weapons. She whammies them. Yep. yep. She whammies everyone on the ship. And then she walks across the bridge and lovingly caresses Spock's shiny yeah. unconscious head. Let's go through this whole thing. Because you get the wah! And we get, we get the bridge crew. Fine. Mm-hmm. And then we go wah! We also go to sick bay where... <laughs> Let's talk about Majel. <laughs> Everybody else sort of gracefully slides to the floor. Majel just like flails across the yeah. bay, does a few turns, bashes herself on a bio bed, and then falls down on the ground with her spanky pants hanging out. With a out. full view of the undergarment show. Yes. She was very committed to that fall. Yeah, she, she was very <laughs> To the point where I wonder if maybe she didn't fall the way she intended to fall. Uh, no. no. That, that was, was acting. That was Majel Barrett's showcase moment, so everyone knows Chapel's here. Also... Cute little hairdo on her. Agreed. Yeah, not really so like big, it. like yeah. nice. It was, it was, I think it was her. I mean, it was still dyed blonde, but it wasn't yeah. a wig. Yeah, no, it looked no. cute. Yeah, it did. It looked very cute. Yeah. Uh, her underwear, I think, also looked cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, matched the dress. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was, though, the only thing with the falling of the graceful falling of Chapel and the fact that they drew so much attention to it, I was expecting that to act as a reminder that, like, Chapel's here. She loves Spock. Spock's sick. Chapel's gonna do something crazy. Except oh, Chapel didn't she do anything crazy. No. You never see her again. Other than, I wonder like, if there was the something that was bed. like hmm. edited out. Maybe because I agree. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I thought that at least because she was married to the boss at that point. I don't know if she was yet. Like married or soon. I think they might be married. I don't know. Um, that she would have gotten a little bit more to do, but there's still like twenty. Maybe. Three more episodes in this season, oh, so God. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Purple Nurple goes over and starts like Spock's head. She doesn't actually purr, she doesn't actually stroke, but you definitely know she's pointing to the Well the she puts t- she's she pointing to the title item. Yeah. Spock's yeah. brain. Yeah. You know it's she's right caressing here. his hair, but then you need that sweet, sweet, juicy brain <laughs> So everybody oh, wakes God. up and oh dear. Spock is gone, mm. obviously. Did their life support go off? Because the lights went off. No, just the lights. Why did the lights... Wait, they what? Wait, wait, why did the lights go off? I assumed it was her taking down whatever uh, security protocols that would have should have kept her from beaming onto the ship, because I assumed their shields were up. No. no she they she beamed on before the lights went off. Did she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she just turned them off for dramatic effect. I mean, that's fair. I can't argue with that. That's... Um, Bones calls up to the bridge. He's like, you better come down here right away. Because Spock is on an operating table with a sparkly turban, and his brain is gone. Okay, again, we need to give full credit where credit is due. McCoy calls with a cryptic message saying, you should come here right away. Not, hey, so this is going to sound weird. (laughs) Maybe that's why he didn't say it. But Spock is in sickbay. Yeah, so Kirk and Spock. Scotty come along for the ride because he needs to showcase that new sweet tan. But yes, 
Spock is on the biobed wearing a wire mesh turban. Yeah, it's gold. It's shiny. It's, it's covering the shiny. upper portion of his head so you can't see that there's actually nothing wrong because they didn't want to spend the money on the makeup. Fucking lazy. <laughs> um, Bones and Chapel fill Kirk in that uh, they actually just sort of found him not like this because they put him on life support when they woke up. I'm going to go through some of the exact dialogue in this. Yes! <laughs> What's up? He's worse than dead, says McCoy. <laughs> his, his brain is gone. <laughs> it has been surgically removed. But how could he survive? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is ripped or torn or bleeding. His brain is missing? <laughs> is oh, he dying? That's important question. Vulcans are just fine. The body lives, but there is no mind. <laughs> there is no close-up on Shatner, which seems cruel in light of what is being said. The girl, she took it. But why? Or where? <laughs> she must have taken it. How long does he have? Don't know. <laughs> That's not good enough. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> we'll have to go get it. We'll have to take him. <laughs> While we search for his brain. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this question. Of where they were going to put him <laughs> while they were searching for his brain. Oh, we get that answer. No, I'm going to keep going. This is amazing. This is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Where will you look for Spock's brain? I don't know. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> thank you. That yeah. was thank you. This is scene in the whole episode just for pure absurdity it's very so i have a lot of questions (laughs) let's go through this his brain is gone how could he survive without a brain he can't he can't okay we answered that question yeah the brain regulates the body function okay so what Bones says is that the Vulcan body can survive without the brain for longer than the human body. The human body can survive zero minutes. <laughs> this is true. So, 30 seconds. But they've also, it sounds like they woke up about a second after Purple Nurple disappeared. Is that what we're calling her? Purple yeah, Purple Nurple. Sure. Um, and put him immediately on life support. So Okay, fine. Fine. He has no brain. Yeah, obviously this is, you know. The, His brain is not Yeah. Um... And the rationale for, let's go after the brain. Okay, says Bones, but I can't put it back because that science doesn't exist. I love the reasoning here. Someone took it out. Someone will put it back. Yeah. All of this is great because McCoy's like, holy shit. (laughs) What? I've never dealt with anything like this in my life. And Kirk's like, well, how long does he have? And Kirk's like, McCoy's like, I I don't know. Have you not been following this entire previous conversation? Someone scooped out someone's brain, 
like a lemon melon. And Kirk is like, that's not good enough. I think my favorite part of this scene is Scotty, who's sort of just standing in the background the whole episode, looking between Bones and Kirk, just looking, the best word I could come up with is flummox. Just, what, what the fuck did I walk into today? I feel like everyone's having it. I feel like McCoy is very put upon <laughs> because someone took his brain. Yeah. And no one seems to be really taking that in. No. It's like, no big deal. It's fine. We'll figure it out on our feet. Kirk is just really? extremely just like, okay, here's the problem. We're going to fix it. How? I don't know. Where? Who knows? When? sometime. <laughs> we will have to take him with us when we <laughs> That's the best part. We'll have to take him with us. <laughs> A, where were you going to put him? B, why? Because the answer to this question is we will make a remote controlled spa. <laughs> yeah. That was delightful. So... <laughs> They follow the ship that took Spock's brain. <laughs> then it turns into a murder mystery. Okay, so I actually liked this bit because it was smart. If surrounded by a very <laughs> stupid episode, they basically, they go to the star system where they lose the trail. And they're like, okay, <laughs> there are... forgot the best part. Mm-hmm. The part that I texted you about when they come back from commercial, Spock is... Or, Jim is recording his log. Kirk. Dear we are in pursuit. We are after the ship that has stolen Spock's brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's also in all caps. It was very nostalgic. Oh, I love it. So basically they go to the star system and they're like, okay, so there's three class M planets and here are the reasons that it can't be one of those because, you know, whatever. They're, none of them are spacefaring. They're not advanced enough to have built that ship. They're crap planets. Yeah. There's this fourth planet that has a is like in the middle of a glacial like an ice age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have any kind of advanced civilization, so they can't have done it. Oh, oh but could they? However, it ha- seems to have regular energy sources. They're all crap bets, but they only have time to pick one planet, and because it's obviously the fourth one, they pick it. Yep. At this point, I think Ohura says my favorite line of the episode. When they're having this stupid talk about which planet is yeah. it, <laughs> she says, but why do they want it? <laughs> which I feel... Is a fair question. Is a question yeah. that should be asked. Yes, it's a very good question. But why? why? Yeah. Kirk immediately dismisses this as a totally irrelevant question, which from his point of view, I guess it is. Uh, And they beam down, and this planet sucks, obviously. There's a better part. Again, I need to really sift through this. Until the point where I fall asleep. (laughs) They beam down to an ice planet with no coats. Well, you don't need coats. No, even before that, Cam, going back. There's a ticking clock. They've only got 24 hours. hours. Mm -hmm. Less now. Kirk whips over to her and says, get a landing party ready. And she's like, right on it. She stands up and leaps. Yeah. <laughs> as no if she's idea. going to go tell them. I she don't. is the boss of communication where they have essentially a audio system where they can communicate anywhere they want to. I think she just needed a minute to regroup. <laughs> and like rearrange her, her, her poker face. There is a shipwide intercom, but she's going to stand up and tell them personally because <laughs> have you fucking heard this? Your mission is find Spock's, Spock's brain. brain. 
can, honestly, I can see her just thumping into the space lounge. Yeah. You're like, who wants this mission? <laughs> You're not going to fucking believe this one, guys. <laughs> who wants to, to go find Spock's brain? <laughs> so we're on crappy ice planet with no coats. No and coats! Chekhov describes it as <laughs> livable because he's Russian, did you know? Cute throwback. They immediately, within the first two minutes of being there, uh, break the prime directive. <laughs> There is some amazing caveman action here. And they are... Kim, do you want to take these outfits? I didn't really actually pay attention to these ones. Well, I can, because they made no sense. I was too dazzled by the the boots to booze. So (laughs) they're wearing uh, leather leggings and shirts with seams and lacings, which make no sense because they also have fur, arm, and leg warmers. (laughs) Just, just the, not even the whole arm, like elbow (laughs) to wrist. Like, you know, hipsters? For so ease of movement. Yeah. They could figure out lacing, but they couldn't figure out, like, attaching my arm to my shoulder. Yeah, like, the, the shirts have fairly complicated seaming in the shoulders and the back, but the arm and leg warmers, I assume, were meant to denote the fact that they were primitive and dressed in furs. I thought it doesn't make a lot of for sense. For a little bit, I thought the leg warmers were designed to hide some kind of like stilts or lifts or something because all of these gentlemen were very tall. Mm, I, I think, think they so. were just but like I think they were just tall. I think they were they're just tall. tall. They also yeah. had very blown out hair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they all oh had, my god! Like, they looked majestic, like perfect, sleek, like blown under with a round brush. I know. I was hair so down to their jo- shoulders. They had like bobs. They had shoulder yeah. bobs. They had shoulder bobs. Uh, one of them looked. I can't. Okay. Yes. So we'll get to who one of them really looked like. It isn't Killian Murphy. Oh. Okay. So they immediately <clears throat> screw the Pine Prime Directive. <laughs> We're on a mission. Um, and these guys attack with. Rocks. I liked the showdown. It was like, um, what, what did I wrote it? It was a, it was a sneak off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're both trying and failing. Both were losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky, sneak. Sneaky, sneaky, sneak. Sneaky, sneaky. One guy, one guy is essentially holding what is a painted styrofoam two by four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a club; it's a fucking two by four. Yeah. Well, when they were all sneaking through the rocks to come up, they were all holding like chunks of firewood. Yes, two by fours. Oh no, no, no! Not it didn't look like two by fours. Like it looked like something you would find in like a provincial campground. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, and they just start instead of like using their clubs for. Essentially what clubs are for, which is bonking people. <laughs> bonk, bonk. They throw them. We learned everything that we needed from the Flintstones. It's they true. instead, like, huck them at them. Yeah. As, as, well, as well as rocks. Yeah, and, and their voices. They throw their voices as mm-hmm. well. Ah! It was literally nothing like that. <laughs> so they stun one guy because... The other four run away. Jim wants him alive. This guy looked like the blown-out, mustachioed Jim Caviezel. <laughs> right, I didn't realize that. Oh I puzzled God. with it, like, all night. I was staring up at the ceiling, like, who the hell was that? Caveman Jesus. Caveman Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. It was Caveman Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus has so a white message caveman for Jesus. Is, uh, there are others... You are not the others. You are small like the others. <laughs> the bringers of pain and delight. He's like the poet of these people. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed, though, that as soon as Kirk, Kirk's like, okay, there's others, there's pain. Got any ladies hanging around? I know. His second question. 
And where are the women? women. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I don't understand. And he's like, women, 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 women. And he's getting nothing from them. And you can see a slow simmer of panic. Like, your mate? Like, a mate? And they're like, no. Nope. No, no comprendo. <laughs> and Scotty's like, like a companion. And they're like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> the two... Kirk and Scotty trying to puzzle through no women, nobody understanding what women are. And they're like, well, who are we going to seduce now? How am I going to kiss my way out of this situation? <laughs> yes. Although if you had to make out with Jim Cavizio, like, if I had to. Like, yes, okay, which from version? like season one and two of Person of Interest. See, Person of Interest before he made out with um, Taraji P. Henson. Henson. Yes. For sure. Yeah, yes. yeah. But everything after that is garbage. What came after that? Has he been working? Well, that's not true. I honestly have no idea. I haven't actually seen the end of Person of he Interest. He was the Air Force pilot in uh, The Rock. Oh, was he? Nice. I'm pretty sure that was it. Yeah. Probably. <clears throat> he he um, died. In the, he's, he's very, <laughs> very attractive in the first two seasons of Person of Interest. And then he realizes that he's in a steady job, so he kind of lets himself go. <gasps> just, oh, just a little oh, bit. That's mean. Damn. It's very mean, but it's a little true. Okay, who's the other guy in Person of Interest? The one with the dog and the Bulgy glasses? Eyes? Yeah, Bulgy Eyes. Um, oh. Good old Bulgy Eyes. Lost. Yeah. Oh, uh, I've forgotten his name. But yeah. I never bothered to learn it because I was always just like, Bulgy <laughs> Whom I loved. I mean, yeah, Finch. If, Finch. Finch. Yeah. yeah. If you had to. Kim. If I had to? You have to live with them forever. Michael Emerson. Oh, I don't feel bad about not remembering that at all. Is it just a yes, a straight up yes or no? No, it's a choose. Oh, between Jim Caviezel and... Jim Caviezel and uh, Forgettable Name. Oh, man. Um, I think I'm going to go Michael Emerson. I am too, and do you know why? Why? Why are you going him? Well, for one thing, uh, Jim Caviezel is the strong white male lead, which means that the chances of us surviving more than a month after the event are very low. Shit, that's what happened to Raj. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Damn. As soon as she made out with him, she yeah, had to go. Like three minutes later. Yeah. Oh, okay, Kim? Um, Less of his character and more of him as a person, as I feel like he may have a more solid career future. That is also true. He's really rich, Kareen. <laughs> is he the one who's related to Tom Cruise? Because that would be a downside. Who's related I, I to Tom no Cruise? Idea. Oh no, never mind. It was the other guy from Lost. Never mind. Which it's one? Not, um, I don't know. He played a twitchy guy. He's like a ratty played. face. Oh, rat face. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Plus, he has a dog. I mean, it's a very good dog. The actor doesn't have the dog. Ari, they have to give the dog back at the end of the day. Shh. <laughs> You're missing. Anyway, uh, so boy, Jesus, caveman. Yeah, tells them about, you know, the others, they do bad things. Mm-hmm. And then he runs away because they're like... And Kirk works out, yeah, oh, so the others are the ones who took Spock, obviously. No kidding. No kidding. It wasn't um, caveman genius. It was not. <laughs> He's like, so tell us where they are. Take us where they are. No! Breaks out, runs away. But it's okay because the entrance is glaringly obvious. I love, love, love this part. I do too. inside of the cave, there is a... Inside of this man cave... <laughs> There is a man trap. Yes. yes. What do they lay out for the men? Feasts 
and weapons. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, the men clearly didn't make these tempered metal weapons. So it's a trap. It's I'm a trap. Like in fact, there are lasers. Yes. <laughs> a basket of food and a basket of weapons. Yep. And there are lasers in the cave that make, like, the beam that you can break, like, yeah. in a heist film. Yeah. Yes. Which it's is great. great. And so they're like, okay, we have to, like, spring this trap. The first... We need a coin-operated boy. <laughs> and they beam down remote-controlled Spock's body with McCoy holding a controller like you would have for a remote-control car. This was amazing! Now, because you get the single most dramatic turn zoom dun 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 I have ever seen in my life it was incredible now this is very absurd but I actually found that weird ticking noise that happened when uh, zombie Spock was moving really disturbing you mean the mechanical gear sound yeah Yeah. as if he was it reminded me of clockwork um, Queen Victoria from the Great Mouse Detective (gasps) oh thank you so much for bringing that up Kim no problem (laughs) anytime yeah absolutely so Oh, yeah. Clockwork Spock. Um, Bones, to his credit, a Clockwork Spock looks really upset by this whole thing. You know who also looks upset, but not like visibly on their face, but in their eyes? Who? Leonard Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> Just like with his body language, or again, if you look into his eyes, <laughs> you see the depth, but only very deep because Leonard Nemo is a very good actor. Is he? <laughs> He didn't have, he didn't do much or have to do, I almost feel like this was a vacation for him. Just, you know, don't you, do anything with He just face. had to show up and stand there. Yeah, don't, you don't need to project any emotions, just like. Well, he never did anyway. He, like, showed up on set for a couple of days, stood there, and More then went turban. and did some voiceover work. Mm. Oh, the dream. Anyways. So they trigger the <laughs> trap. And, okay, so I thought this was A, clever, and B, lazy, but also clever because the door on the cave slams because there's a door on the cave. Yeah, of course, slams there's a door on the cave. And the cave is an elevator. Just and you're like, like in haunted mansion. Just like, and you're like, oh, okay. So they thought that was really clever. Like the whole cave is an elevator. Gotcha. And I'm like, you didn't have to do any more set building. Gotcha. I actually thought that was very clever. It was clever. Like, Like, it's a very well-concealed trap, but it was also, you know, very economical. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so, like, my, like, fifth favorite part of this episode was, like, somewhere in a voiceover you learn that, like, Chekhov will stay on the surface and he'll be the relay between the ship and the team down below. All you see Chekhov do is, like, okay, boys, we're going to be here for a while. Let's get comfortable. And they heat up a rock, and then they stand around it, warming their hands and you for never the rest see them of again. the episode. I would like to think that that is a throwback to the episode where McCoy does the same thing and breaks the fucking prime directive. <laughs> yep. Anyhow. I just really love that, like, that's all he does. He actually does not do any communication relay between the ship and no, people down nope. below for it's the rest of the then episode. Never again. No, nope. we never even see him, do nope. we? You get one. Um, you get one cut to him. Uh, I think while Scotty's doing a voiceover or something, but it's like literally just the repeated scene of them sitting there warming their hands up, and he's done. I'm glad everyone got paid. <laughs> <laughs> so the door opens up, and at this point, my notes get a little bit fuzzy. Because it says, and it's ladies! And they go down easy. (laughs) From which I think I mean. The doors opens up. There is Mellow Yellow, Mm -hmm. one of our bimbo bots. Yep. They stun her? 
Yeah, yeah. They face her immediately. as she's reaching for her magic bracelet. Oh yeah, for her her magic gauntlet, and she, yeah, she just kind of tumbles down real nice, like. Mm-hmm. At which point, it does start to get even more fun. Yeah, <laughs> because Kirk marches up and essentially like, "Take me to the guy in charge. Take me to him." And she's like, "I'm sorry, him. What's a him? What's a him?" And she says, what's a him? You are not Morg or I-Morg. I don't know how these are spelled, but, you know, imagine. I'm assuming I-Morg has got the small I. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the iPod. <laughs> um, and her name is Luma, apparently. Sure, fine, whatever. Bones does a quick scan with his, I guess, IQ-ometer. And yes! <laughs> yes! As having, yes. you won't get much from her, Jim. She's dumb. She's got the mind of a child. <laughs> Uh, pray tell what units does one use to measure that medically, <laughs> Dr. McCoy. This, this is everything. <laughs> um, so it's a planet full of scantily clad ladies who are dumb. Yeah. They're so dumb. And are they dumb because they don't know what men are? Is that what we're to assume? No, I think it's... Oh. Well, their attitudes towards the cavemen on the surface are much more charitable. Like, they, tr- Kirk treats them like, you know, intelligent adults. Even the one who's screaming about pleasure and pain. <laughs> That's because he's a poet. Yeah. Uh, the attitudes are <laughs> very different with the cave ladies <laughs> yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. That's, I, I mean... To be fair, they did... Okay. Playing an advocate, they did take Spock's brain. They did. They did. But he does treat them like they're children. But McCoy says that's okay because they are children. Essentially, they are children. But he's very... I don't know. He's very frustrated because usually he would go in, you know, guns and dick a-blazing. But... Like, he kind of does, though. Like, I get that you're upset and you're, you're, you know, one of your boyfriends has had his brain stolen and you're very upset about that. But maybe going back to the diplomatic you know, sort of aim here and being a little bit less shouty about everything would have gotten you further faster than the way he actually he acts. really should have seduced his way out of this. I'm not really sure that would have worked this time. <laughs> I don't know. They don't, they have never experienced the pleasure of a real man. Well, I assume that they are mostly, you know, in-house on that sort of the thing. The thing that I don't get that they don't really explore in this it's, portion is How it, are they reproducing? That, but like, they have men down in the caves with them acting as security slash decorative pets. And laborers. Because, like, because you walk into this room, they get, Kirk and Co. get taken into this room of ladies. And the first thing you see of them is them feeding the men pieces of fruit. And my automatic assumption was, oh, yay, a nice pleasure planet where the ladies are servile and servants. And then they all sit down at the head of the table, and they're the ones making in charge and making the decisions, which I thought was a really neat twist. Yeah, like essentially mm. the the sexy giant men are there to wear big wrestling belts mm-hmm. and uh, guard the bling. Yeah, like they take their communicators and their phasers because, of course, they do. Because, of course, why wouldn't you hide them? Because, of course, they won't. Because screw the prime directive. <laughs> um, but they are just there. They're not making any decisions. It's clearly the no. ladies in charge. Yeah. And the men are there to do certain tasks. Yeah. 
but, as directed. Yeah, and that, but that only becomes, that's not clear when you first walk into the scene, which I thought was interesting yeah. that it's sort of slowly revealed okay. that way. Yeah. Anyway. Right, cool. um, we should note that before they all get knocked out, um, Spock keys into their comms from somewhere. Uh, and we find out that he's, he doesn't know where. He mm-hmm. doesn't seem, he doesn't seem to like recognize what he is or where he is, but like, Every time that Spock talks to them through the comms, or they talk to Spock through the comms, Kirk looks at Spock, like physical Spock, zombie Spock who's standing next to them. Whose mouth is clearly not moving. I think it it was almost like he couldn't help it. Like it was reflexive. Or it was a poor acting choice. Anyway, so yeah, they they come into these ladies who are in the ugliest staff meeting desk I have <laughs> ever seen. So the bottom is essentially some weird mystical galaxy style D20 die <laughs> and then the actual table itself is shaped like stupid Tom from Great British Bake Off hammer bread. <laughs> <laughs> so angry. It's such an ugly table. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you make a T-shaped table? You're essentially cutting off like the armpits of the T. No one can sit there. That's weird. I didn't even notice. No. It bothered me clearly up until this point, <laughs> where I've really just been able to let fly. And so, yes, they're also wearing some sexy wrestling belts now. Yes, because, and they're unconscious at this yeah, point. But she wakes them up to mm-hmm. have a chat. It's like, who the hell are you? What the hell are you? And why are you here? All fair questions. Mm-hmm. All fair. And... Kirk immediately gets confrontation. Also, one of my favorite parts is that Kirk asks the panel of ladies, where's He's Spock's brain? And they're like, who's Spock? Never yeah. heard of him. You know what? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Because why the fuck would they know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't introduce each other and then steal his brain. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you, that brain. Wanna ask what the brain? Anyway, sorry. I also yeah. really enjoy that they also seem, don't seem to understand what a brain is. No, because one of them they're like brain, brain. You keep asking, what is brain? I mean, that's a fair question. I can't imagine they've ever had call to need to know that no. sort of thing. And unless you like sawed someone's head open, you wouldn't even know that a brain existed. That's no, true. and of course, the leader of the ladies is purple and purple and has clearly has no idea what they're talking about, has no memory of having gone to the Enterprise or done anything. It's really great, because Kirk is like, take me to your manager! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're in a department store. Exactly. shitty service. From the space secretaries. (laughs) So you would like to talk to their manager. Yeah. Emphasis on man. Yes. And the best part is Purple Nova's like, well, I am the leader. And Scotty's like, impossible! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Bones is like, look, I don't, it's, I don't think she did the surgery herself. <laughs> you asshole. Ironically. <laughs> you asshole. Yeah, seriously. It's just like a really about judging women by their appearance. Basically. And but then pre- being right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if they're pretty, they can't possibly have done anything worthwhile. <laughs> to be fair, they didn't. Yeah, so it's like, how do they have this advanced underground city when they don't know what a brain is? Okay, but like, they're... In their dumb mode, I'm going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> they are still managing to keep up a functional breathe. society. Yeah. They're able it's to not breathe. Like, it's yeah. not like a great society no. or anything, but they have their little council and they know what's going on and they're running their society. How do they get fed? I assume the machines feed them. I don't know. Kareem, don't ask questions. Sorry. These are silly questions. I'm really confused. They finally get around to that he's talking about the, like, controller? the controller. Who's in charge? I want to see who's in charge. He's like, in charge... 
until they finally stumble on a word who controls things. Control, you mean controller, the controller. Oh, you can't see the controller. (laughs) Which, you know what, is fair. Yeah. So I show up in a foreign country. (laughs) (laughs) I start throwing glasses on the floor, tipping tables, saying, take me to the president of the country. Oh, no, you can't see the president of the country. No, I demand to see the president of the country. Right now. He took my flipper jet. Uh, no. (laughs) We can put you in jail and make it hurt for a little while, but you're not seeing the president. She does offer to, like, let them go. It's great. Yeah. She does. You're like, you can go. And they're like, no, we'll stay. Um, we're gonna get to know you and learn about you. Learn about you. You lie! (laughs) You came to take back controller! Yeah. (laughs) Which. And then she's like, this meeting's over. (laughs) And then (laughs) she electrocutes him. Kirk like drops to his knees oh and my raises his arm yes. and is like, yes. take me yes. to controller. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when she's asked him, she's just like, no more of this nonsense. Lies. Lies. <laughs> and then they curl to the floor like frightened pill beetles <laughs> and twist around on their thoraxes <laughs> for what seems like years. <laughs> Yeah. So when they wake up again, they're I think they're still in the same room. Yeah. Sure. And they finally worked out. Okay, so Morgan I Morg are the men's and the ladies. Yeah. Obviously. Sure. Or is it the no, the Morg yeah, yeah. Morgs are, Who dudes. Cares? Morgs are the dudes. Not important. Yeah. They discover that all of their comms and weapons and shit are just sitting on a table in the room, guarded by one of the Not cavemen. just sitting on a room. Lined up. Beautifully they, arranged. Yeah. They have been like placed and polished by the butler. Like yep. Mm-hmm. It looks good. And so Kirk's like, oh, well, I'll just go over and walk and get Well, one. after everybody gets to say their own super uncomplimentary and borderline very sexist things about the ladies. <laughs> My favorite one that I paraphrased was, none of these women are smart enough to invent this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is something they say. <laughs> this is horrible. They don't meet our standards of elocution. They must be morons. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they beat up the guards and get their stuff back, and Mm -hmm. Kirk calls up Spock again. Mm -hmm. Um, we work out in about 2.3 seconds that Spock is clearly the one running this complex Yeah, of course he is. And they, Spock sort of, I'm gonna cut through some of this, because This is really good, because this is the part where I fell asleep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the the only note that I have is that these are by far the easiest reaction shots that Leonard Nimoy has ever done. (laughs) He just has to stand there. Just stand there. Feel nothing. Spock sort of leads them to where he currently is. Well, he kind of goes into some, I think, because again, I was very much falling asleep, but I did nicely note the point where I fell asleep with a slash. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Science. Science is fighting? I have a body that stretches into the infinite. Is that something yeah. that actually happened? That yes. is, yes. Okay, So they're, they, um, they, the, the guys defeat the male guards in the yep. room by being like, Let, let's sort this out with some good old science. Punch. And then they oh. finish fighting and they're like, wow, we did, we did science really well. We That's should science some more. Not yeah. science. No, they call violence science. Just mm. to be jokey. Oh. So, so when they say that Spock is a science officer. They mean he's a violence officer. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
he tells them that the red button on the magic bracelets makes the belts come off, like the pain belts. Okay. okay. This, none of this is really important. So well, that's a little important detail. That no, no, that's the only that's yeah. the only one for a while. So they go into the room, the brain room, where <laughs> Purple Nurple is standing, looking. Concerned. She's like hiding behind a pillar. For I no assume reason. she was like consulting. I don't know, praying. Who knows? Okay, uh, I would like to read you my notes from when I was falling asleep. Uh huh. You are a disembodied brain that thinks it's pumping blood, but you're back in your body. We brought it along with us. Doc cannot handle that, but can do biles. <laughs> so okay. they tinker toy him. Like how geometric everything is. <laughs> At this point, Ari screamed, Crane! <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> With lots of boring walking down different yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of walking. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that was that was really special. Yeah. Thank you. So they use, I can hear they Ari shouting "crane." Yeah. So uh, Purple Nurple obviously tries to knock them all out again, except instead of just knocking them out, she electrocutes them. But they pick up Spock's remote control, and this is a very precise remote control. <laughs> Have him walk over to Purple Nurple, <laughs> grab her wrist, and then press the red button to get the belts yeah. off. Yes. Like, yes. wow, guys. Okay. <laughs> wow. For this entire thing, I am screaming at her, you can just kick him and he'll fall over. Yeah. Fight back, you dumb bitch. Use the other button. <laughs> So, that's the one thing, is, like, these women don't seem to understand what fighting back is. Because every time somebody comes at them with violence, they just kind of like, oh, shit. Well, they usually have their buttons. Well, well it's true. true. It gets, like, somebody, they, like, rip a phaser out of somebody's hand really easily. They no, they basically just kind of walk up and, like, push her over. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Well, I'm defeated. I mean, actually, that makes sense if they've always had total control over all the men on this planet by basically just hitting a button. They never have a chance to physically, you know, interact with them. I kind of give it. I do. I understand. I it. give that because although, They're you know totally what? baffled. No. No. I'm making a stand here and that's sexist because is. ladies like to fight ladies with slaps and punches and well, kicks and thinking of me well, and my sister Regular fighting. ones. <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing that I was thinking is like, the men on the surface weren't wearing the pain belts. No. No, it's only the ones they capture. Yeah. So, like... I so think they, they other sex methods. the ones up there. Well, yes, yeah. but, like, those guys were, like... They thought it was the others, so they thought it was the women, and they came ready for a fight. Yeah. So, like, violence must be a part of the society in some... Like, they must understand, like, kicking and punching and hurting. Well, they, I imagine they and, mostly use their manslaves for that. I don't know. Oh, it just, that's another possibility. It's another possibility, but it, it, it just didn't make any sense to me that they were so completely passive to not be able to, like, like I swat just, at something. I like, just sort of read it. it as, like, we have people for that. And if they live in such a tightly controlled society, it actually, I mean, maybe they don't have any physical conflict between themselves. Bullshit. I, well, I find we, it strange we like and unnatural. Bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I personally agree, but you know, I didn't grow up in an underground bunker, so didn't you? I didn't. Anyways, not. so <laughs> Purple Nurple is like stomping foot angry. She's very angry. <laughs> yep. He would give us ten thousand years if uh, you take him. We will die. Basically. Well, um, yes. So we get this information, like how we find out how she did the thing on the ships. Like, oh well, I put the teacher on my head, which is <laughs> which is the hair curler. You know, it's basically 
basically like a 1950s hair dryer. Yes, for sure. Yeah. With like things sticking out of it. <laughs> yes. Um, it's it's it amazing because it's Matrix style downloads the knowledge. It's a knowledge, knowledge yeah. helmet. And it gave her the knowledge to go to the Enterprise, do the surgery, and bring the brain back and install it in their complex. But here's the bit that gets me. She only has three hours of smarts at a time. Yeah. So, Bones also describes the lady's mental faculties, and this makes no sense. Atrophied from non-use. Newsflash, that is not how brains work. <laughs> like, that is not how brains fucking work. Ari, someone scooped out someone's brain. <laughs> I know, it's just so dumb. And then put it in a machine. They also have this and sort of... And it kept its personality. Semi-religious idea of, like, the, their, the knowledge of their ancients, which is, like, all the knowledge of the civilization that, I guess... Were their predecessors? Yes. She doesn't yes. want to put the helmet on her head because it's some kind of... It's a sacred violation. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. You're not But the allowed. men are just like, fuck that, and force her into it. Yeah. Okay. So suddenly, I have a problem with this, and I have a lot of problems with this. Suddenly, she, she puts the teacher on her head, there's some dramatic music, and suddenly she's very smart. She's like, hello, gentlemen. And she's, like, talking, like, at their level, linguistically. Like, okay... She's actually being spoken through by the knowledge of the ancients, which they describe that the men, the Enterprise dudes, are like, mm-hmm. they describe it as the tape stores, which I'm going to charitably assume is, like, some kind of database. Sure. Except that makes no sense. So if this level of sentience can exist in tape stores, heavy on the air quotes, surely it could fucking run the complex instead of Spock's brain. I think that it's just latent knowledge but she's not just herself she is herself is she not she's She's herself but augmented but she seems to have an entire different personality because she's not because she's yeah because she's got knowledge and experience and her brain is working to capacity yes Mm. that was exactly what i thought it was is that she's she's coming not from a place of a an uneducated fourth grader but she's yes. coming from the place of somebody with a degree who understands what's going yeah. on and but that's can actually how... function on a higher intellectual level yes. in society but if she has the capacity to host that kind of knowledge she has the capacity to keep that kind of knowledge and to have learned it already her brain yes. so it makes no sense from non-use yeah, it makes of course sense. it's nonsense Ari. i had a real problem with have this have we not it reminded me very strongly and i assume that this is actually a sort of predecessor of that of the 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 library interfaces in Stargate that several human people stick their heads in and get all, like, the knowledge of the ancients. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Except, in that case, it was clearly still them to the point where the knowledge actually, like, overflowed out of their heads and started giving them brain damage. This seems to be the opposite of that. I'm so glad that you care so passionately about some things. It makes no sense! Yeah, let's move on. Yep. (laughs) No care! Um, yeah, basically she pulls a fast one on them. She basically says, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. And by the way, thanks for smartening me up. It made it a lot easier for me to steal your phaser. Wah, wah. Yeah, but here's the thing then. Again, she has the phaser. Yeah. They literally just walk up and snatch it out of her hand. Yeah, because all the smarts in the world she don't did make not, her. She did not download karate. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as we know from the Matrix, <laughs> yeah. is the first program that you do. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, so... Oh, there's also this really weird thing while she's holding the phaser on them, and she she's like, I don't really care if he'll, his body will die. He'll keep my people alive. That's more important. Which, you know what? It sounds ruthless, but it's completely fair from her perspective. He's not dead. He's, he's not dead. He doesn't just have a body. A physical body. Whatever. And uh, Kirk says, okay, but Spock will die. And he actually says, any killing is wrong. I'm like, ah. mm. He basically says... 
literally any killing is wrong. And I'm like, ah. I don't think that Kirk has straight up murdered anyone for the good of the whole. It's just a very absolute statement for someone who is, you know. But no, people on Star Trek value life. Sure. In any It's just a very black and white statement. Well, he's also trying to get his friend back. Sure. Yeah, and I, I agree that that killing killing them would be would be wrong. Surely, there's another solution that they. Can but it is a very get. hypocritical statement. In yeah. what way? It's such an absolute statement from a character who has at least instigated the death of quite a lot of people by this point. Give me an example. Many ships he has blown up. Many you know natives on alien planets he has either directly or indirectly killed. I don't think the side casualties. That that was right though. I think he always thinks that killing is wrong. Well, he doesn't show it as much as he's doing right now, is all. Hish. Anyhow, of course, McCoy puts it on his... No, Kirk volunteers first, because, yeah. oh yeah, he's a trained medical professor. Bones is like, don't be an idiot, Jim, I'll do it. And he throws on the old hair curler, and he's mm-hmm. like, of course, any child can do brain surgery, he said, slamming himself. Here's where I have a note that... <laughs> Here's where I noticed Corrine had been asleep for an undetermined period of time. No, I was awake. I have notes. I wasn't taking notes in my sleep. <laughs> Are you sure? Then you fell asleep twice. No, I was for sure awake. Because he like, and he's like, I don't know mm-hmm. how long this is going to last. So <laughs> my notes are, boop, 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 surgery done. <laughs> but it doesn't quite work because at some point when he's mm-hmm. doing the surgery, he starts to sweat profusely. And just yeah. starts staring up at the sky. Oh, shit. He's forgetting. He's flop sweating. There's also this moment during, like, as he's starting the surgery where Purple Nurple's like, oh, great, thanks, now we're all gonna die. And Kurt's like, no, it'll be fine. You'll develop as you should have. You know, move up to the surface, live subjugated to the men. It'll be he great. basically says that it's okay. You can go up to the surface and have sex with them and look after them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will, they, they essentially imply... <laughs> Develop that as they you will control have. men through sex. Yes! Yeah. You will learn how because it's done, says, and then you will control the men. Yeah. yeah. She says, okay, but if we can't inflict pain on them, they won't help us. There are other no ways way. of getting men to help you. Yeah. yeah. So the other thing here that I thought was hilarious is that Kirk basically gives the Cliff's Note, ver- Cliff's Note, Cliff's Note version of his um, stunted society speech. Yes, yeah. which yeah. his old, stu- his old, his old stump classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I love her objection. It's cold. <laughs> which, which fair, fair. <laughs> considering her outfit and like. <laughs> the standard, the sartorial standard to which she has become accustomed. That is fair. I don't think the upper planet is going to cut it for her no, with screw like, screw the upper planet. Beaver, it sucks. Beaver fur leg warmers. Maybe yeah. instead of like, exiling them to the ice age on the crap planet surface, you could, I don't know, find some other way to run their complex since surely you have the technology. Clearly it's around. Yeah. So anyways, uh, McCoy just starts oh sweating grossly. <laughs> he starts and he's like, panic. oh God, I don't know what to do. No and one can restore a brain. <laughs> you could. <laughs> you could five minutes ago. It was so simple a child could do it. Uh, oh, Bones no. basically half wings his way through it and half no, 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 no. Yes. So McCoy's re- like, I've reconnected Spock's vocal cords uh, so he can talk to me. And then no Spock sense. talks him through the rest of the surgery because of 
course, Spock can perform the impossible brain surgery. Would have highly specialized knowledge. (laughs) A. Neurosurgery full stop, or B, a form of neurosurgery that doesn't exist in the rest of the galaxy. Also, I could not tell you. They were also able to surgically repair his hair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is the other best part when he's sitting also up surgery and his head is perfectly fine and his hair yeah. is like a gorgeous, like, shock do. Yeah, he dictates the rest of the operation without actually being able to see what's happening because, sure, why the fuck not? I assume it's like. A smoke detector, where there, <laughs> if you just kind of plonk it in in the right spot and then turn it until you hear the click. Well, that's what they were doing when they were getting Spock to Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 There's, this, there's the bit where click, click, they're click, testing click. each bit of the brain and Spock is like obligingly twitching the corresponding body part because yeah. obviously what you want during incredibly delicate groundbreaking neurosurgery is the patient flailing all over the place. The The patient talking, full stop. Am I the only one who watching this was thinking... Doctor, I smell burnt toast. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Okay. Obviously. Of course we were. Yeah. So Spock sits up and he's fit and excited. Yeah. And then it's he fine. starts narrating like an yeah. asshole. He starts giving us all the backstory that we didn't get earlier yeah. in the yeah. episode. Because certainly he was hooked into the database and, this whole time. And by that point, Kirk and McCoy are done, so the episode ends. <laughs> I, I want to know, like, he's like, there was an Ice Age, fine, yes, obviously. No. They built this complex no. for the women who came down here, the men who stayed above. <laughs> That's the story I want to know. <laughs> Basically, all the ladies were like, you know what? Screw this. You guys can stay up here. It's a solution that maybe we should investigate. I'm Apparently, assuming the, the ladies were not committed to the leg warmer lifestyle. No. I'm assuming there was some sort of fight and the ladies just en masse locked all the men out. That is fair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Kim. Yes. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense to throw the men on the top of the planet? Unless you live in a hyper-masculine society where men are expected to prove their manlyhood through, like, hunting, gathering, and extreme survival, oh my God. then yes, it does make sense. <laughs> now I'm just imagining, it's like, yeah, yeah, honey, you should definitely go hunting for 25 days. We'll totally be here when you get back. And then they just <gasps> disappear. Shut the bunker yeah. door and put an iceberg over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, that sounds like a reasonable solution right now. <laughs> throw an iceberg on it. And the quip out for this episode. Ugh. Ugh. As as Spock is narrating the history of the planet they're standing on, I never should have done it. I never should have reconnected his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Alright. Uh, Ari, your count? Uh, Eleven ladies. We have a oh, lot yes. of ladies in this episode. Four people boots. of color. <laughs> yeah. A lot of boots. Uh, no one died. Nobody died. Wow. Unless you want to count the brain of the former controller. It didn't happen in episode. Didn't really happen, though, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Korean. Say it. Say it. Life lessons to be learned from this episode, Kim. Ladies are dumb and really can't do anything. Ladies could not have made this technology. <laughs> I mean, it's Impossible. <laughs> It's really the only thing that I can get out of this. You're so pretty, but so dumb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ari? Uh, having a humanoid brain run your super fancy underground complex is not a sustainable survival plan. Well, it's pretty it's good. Just, they only need yeah. one brain every 10,000 years. That's still not technically sustainable if you plan to live beyond 10,000 years. Well, you just need to make sure that you have neighbors who have people that they won't miss. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? 
Um, I would be put an iceberg on it. <laughs> Realistically, then <laughs> neurosurgery is fucking easy. Apparently, yeah. Anyone could do it. Oh my god. Uh, again, I hesitate. To <laughs> Performance of the episode, Kim. Uh, I debated giving it to Leonard Nimoy, but he didn't actually do all that much. No acting required. <laughs> um, so I actually gave it to the actress who played Purple Nurple, who we never actually got a name for, I think. No, but I don't I, think we did. I gave it to her for her beautiful switching between I'm so dumb, I'm so smart. And she just like, because her face changed, like, yeah. just, and her eyes, and you could... It was. I just thought it was like a really subtle piece of like showing the difference between supercharged, in charge, like powered up lady, and like <laughs> don't ask me. I'm just a girl. I really liked her <clears throat> performance as a bimbo. Yes. What brain? What brain? <laughs> Who talked? I just realized the ladies in this episode talk like the voice we give the dog. Yes. <laughs> what brain? What brain? No. I think my favorite was. <laughs> Mine was also, you lie! Apparently her name was Kara. Okay. Really? She was played by an actress named Marge Doucet. Aww. She was good. She was yeah. very good. I she liked her a lot. Very good. Yeah. 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 Marge. Kareen, your performance? No one. No one? Oh, that's fair. I withhold my vote. Everyone is complicit <laughs> in this. That's fair. I've done that a few times. Ari? I'm giving it to uh, Magel Barrett. That was a great fall. <laughs> I'm retroactive doing a negative vote for Michelle Barrett because that was ridiculous. Negative vote. Negative episode. See, this was a great episode. It was not a great episode. I honestly think that living in a bunker under a glacier is a very appealing option right now for a number of reasons. (laughs) 